welcome to a special edition of the TetraCast. Today, we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy XV. Joining me today, my name is Zach Reese, I'm your host, but joining us today are two guests. We have Aaron Van Dyne. Hello. Well, and of course, we have Alex Donaldson, the boss, <laughs> who actually had a chance to go and check out Final Fantasy XV. You actually you went to the Square Enix office. Uh, no, it was um, it was an it was an event outside the offices. It was just around the corner from where their offices are. Um, oh, kind of on so the. You didn't get to see the the new offices. Uh, no, yet. but it's kind of on the, it's, the, the the place where it was at was very nice. Kind of on the riverfront in London. And what was quite cool was we got to, um, or rather I, because it was all done in an individual one-on-one basis, got to play the game on. Uh, um, uh, you know, a, a modestly sized cinema screen, but still a sort of cinema screen nonetheless. Um, and that was pretty cool. <laughs> it was a cool way to experience the game for the first time. And yeah. Is it like, yeah. Was it, e- the, was it at the E3 screen repurposed for it or something like that? <laughs> the size of uh, I don't know. I can't say, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't really say how big it was. Uh, from memory, but it, it was it was de- it was decently sized. It was kind of like you know a, a, a conference sort of room. I think it must have sat probably a hundred 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 people or something like that. Um, nice. And yeah, went in and, and played it there. Um, I played the PlayStation Four version. Um, so walk us through. So you went to this event, and obviously there's a lot of other journalists there, like any anybody else there, but. Like how how did how did it start? Like did you were you just like led into that room or something and just well the interesting thing is and and I've got to give a lot of credit to um, the PR guys at Square UK for this because I, I I think the style in which they did it was really nice, which is that there actually weren't a lot of press there because they'd get like I say they'd given everybody these one on one things so I just sat in there with the PR guy and he kind of helped me through understanding the controls and pointed me out places I should go and things that I should check out. Um, and it was only me there. So I only really saw the person before me because they were leaving as I was going in and the person after because I was leaving as they were going in. So it wasn't really a big event in the traditional sense. It was much more um, intimate one-on-one with the game, you know, got a good hour or so um, with it. Um, it was the, you know, the the, the Duske, is it that now you pronounce it? I don't know. Episode Duske. Um, demo build. Um it was on uh, DevKit hardware. I did accidentally <laughs> activate a debug menu at one point. But um, as far as I understand, it was know. near enough. You know, it is what people will be playing um, in a couple of weeks when Type-0 HD launches. Oh, that's, that sounds pretty cool. I mean, like, so how did the demo start off? Is it just like what they've been showing in the, um, the presentations, the Tabata's active time? Uh, yeah, I mean... Should be clear here. Um, so we're recording this a little bit ahead of time, and then uh, when we put this up, um, that's when the embargo lifts, which basically means for anybody who isn't familiar with that term, it means we're everybody who saw it will be allowed to talk about it. So I'm sure you'll see coverage pop up on places um, like IGN and Kotaku and places like that because I saw it in the UK, but I know that there are folks seeing it in the States and folks who've seen it um, in the rest of Europe and all that kind of stuff. There are some things, however, in the embargo that Square has politely requested that we don't talk about um, even after that has lifted. And one of the things is story details beyond what they've kind of already said. So what I can say um, is that when it begins, it's just kind of um, the the, the party waking up in a tent. Um, There's a bit of expository dialogue 
uh, essentially revealing that um, the, the cars broke down, somebody did something stupid to the car, um, <laughs> and nice. the guys basically need to get enough uh, money together in order to pay um, Cindy for the repair of the car. And that that is the setup for the demo. Um, and essentially, uh, like I say, I actually didn't, in the period of time I have, focus much on my story, but I imagine that that will be the, the sole major quest, and when you repair the car, the demo will be over. Um, but the, the, throughout my wandering around, I did bump into various side quests as well. But yeah, it just kind of opens up. They uh, they wake Noctis up. He doesn't want to wake up. You leave the tent. It's a very brief and, and brisk sort of introduction. It only lasts uh, like two minutes tops, which is quite strange for Final Fantasy. You expect there to be a lot. It doesn't really... Um, bother to worry with giving you loads of information about what the current status is in the plot there's a splash screen which gives you some basic information as the game loads um and then it just kind of throws you in and you know it gives you a bit of a tutorial about how the controls work um and then uh yeah away it goes and there's one big it's it's a grand theft auto style load i suppose i would say there is one big load at the start um but then there isn't a loading screen again um, whatsoever, which is quite cool. So was it mostly critical path stuff? Like, were they trying to lead you around in these places, or were you kind of left at your own device? Do you have well, we were, we were allowed to do whatever we wanted to do, but the advice that I was given by the PR and the advice that, that, that I took, um, because, you know, Ian, the PR guy, had been sitting there all day demoing people through. He knew what was going on. Um, <laughs> he basically said, you know, the time that we have for, for me to play it... Um, you know, the, the, you're not going to get through the whole story. So the best thing to do is to kind of wander around, get a feel for combat, get a feel for how it looks, get a feel for how it feels. So that's what I kind of did. Um, I, I pretty much ignored the main quest and wandered around the um, the world, um, which is really, really good looking. Um, it's quite alarmingly so, actually. It's been kind of looking like that. They've been showing off more of the environment, like with that wildlife video they put out. I mean, did you see kind of like that? Were you kind of hanging back and seeing how organic the world world was? Yeah, and there's some cool stuff about kind of... I did witness some of the things where uh, wildlife uh, was fighting amongst itself. Um, and I, one of the very earliest lessons I learned... So I, I kind of ran down the hill from where the the campsite is right near um the gas station and i kind of ran down the hill from there and encountered some of the dog-like enemies which i think uh, uh saber tusks that's that's the correct name i've got it written down um and they were they were they were really easy and I'll, I'll talk a bit about the combat in a little bit but they were really easy to fight and then just down the hill were the uh, gorillas which are the mammoth looking things and there was a, a herd of those essentially there's probably about four or five of them, a couple of baby ones, a couple of medium-sized ones, and one absolutely massive one. And I kind of ran down and just got stuck in. And at that point, I didn't really understand the combat, and I very nearly died and I had to run away. Um, because, you know, um, those creatures are... They're, they're only hostile, the gorillas, once you've uh, aggroed them. But once they are, they, they kind of band together and can be quite deadly, but only in a, on a herd-to-herd -herd basis. So that didn't make everyone on the map uh, aggroed to me. But that particular herd remained aggroed for the entire duration of the demo, even after I camped for the night and slept 
um, in the morning, they were still out for my blood, which was, again, quite a cool little touch. Um, so, yeah, the, you, there was a bit of that on offer. Um, there's a Chocobo ranch up in the far corner. I'm trying to remember what corner it is, but my memory of the map has faded a bit. Um, in, in the far corner of the demo, towards where the dungeon is, um, where the cave is, basically. And, yeah, there's a bunch of traditional yellow Chocobos there because I know they showed black ones in that wildlife video. Um, and I was quite yeah. surprised because I, I, Aaron probably knows better than I if they've shown any yellow ones before. But I was quite because I just I'd seen that video and I assumed oh they must all be black because it's trendy and this whole game is dark. But no, they had they had typical. <laughs> they I believe they showed them once um, a few months ago actually. So they're definitely there. So... Yeah, well they're they're there. Um... The golden chocobos are there, and there is kind of an excuse built in when you uh, look at them and press uh, X in front of them. Cross, sorry, in front of them. I'm trying to train myself to say the button name correctly because it's not X, it's cross. As somebody from PlayStation reminded me the other day. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, no, it's, it's cross, square, triangle, circle. Because, yeah, because X isn't a shape, cross is. Um... <laughs> Maybe in Europe. Maybe it's different here. I don't know. That's straight from Japan, that one is. But, um, <laughs> oh, really? That's right. But, yeah, anyway, so when you press cross in front of those guys, it does have kind of an excuse that pops up, like, oh, the marshlands aren't safe for chocobo riding yet, etc., etc. When you talk to the chocobos, they say The that? chocobos don't say, but there's, like, a sign in, <laughs> there's like a sign in front of them. Um, and kind of, uh, you know, there's, there's some nice stuff with dynamic music there as well, like the chocobo theme um, fades up. Uh, as you approach the the, the ranch, and this, the, it's a good example when you first approach that ranch of kind of the dialogue stuff they've done. So the guys have some um, sort of some some dialogue about places you're approaching. So like one of them says something along the lines of, "Oh, you can't mistake the smell of chocobos," and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, is there? I just want to ask real quick: is that is there any indication that you can do anything else with the chocobos? Like, have they? planted anything in there that might lead to something else down the line or is it pretty much just warning you about anything you might come across well there's as far as i know as far as i saw in what i played there's nothing else really other than seeing them um in the demo however erin correct me if i'm wrong but you they are definitely going to be rideable in the in the final game they've said right yeah they will be rideable in the final game they just uh didn't have time to get that ready for the demo version yeah so yeah, I think they said the car. You you can only you can only ride the car on the roads, and then off road you have to use a chocobo pretty much. Yeah, and the, the car's out of action in the demo anyway. You can kind of walk up to the yeah. ranch, uh, to the ranch, to the um, to the uh, to the garage, and speak to uh, speak to Cindy, and and she's talking about how expensive it's going to be, and you know, again, that's quite interesting because there's you know, you go up there and there's like truckers who are hanging out who uh, you know are road tripping and their their trucks are parked while they're getting gas um and it does feel you know that the world feels weirdly it contrasts in weird and cool ways and in a very similar sense i think to because a lot of the time i see people from square and i see people online comparing it to final fantasy 7 but it doesn't really remind me of that because midgar had this not very real world aesthetic at all midgar had this people call it steampunk but it's not it had a cyberpunk i suppose aesthetic um 
it's a lot more like eight like you know you can be out in the wilderness and there's the big crystal shard and things look really fantastical and there's crazy creatures um just the same way you had like space age shit going on in um esther in eight but then you know two minutes walk away quite literally uh, two minutes walk away there is you know a very traditional sort of excuse the you know gas station essentially um which looks like it could have been ripped right from the real world with guys standing around in it who are wearing clothes that could be real world clothes and it's that it's a weird and interesting juxtaposition of those things which really at least so far i think defines the game like if i think of three locations from the demo i you know i would say there's the planes with the gigantic crystal shards sticking up in the middle which looks very fantastical and very fantasy there's the um the chocobo place which looks all rustic and more traditional fantasy um and then there's this realistic looking gas station and road snaking right the way through it all so it's 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 interesting did you did you actually see like people coming into the gas station and leaving or was it pretty much just they were there it's going to be there for us the demo it seemed pretty static um again i can't speak for absolute certainty but um, I, you know, in the time that I was running around, I didn't see any cars going up or down the road. I didn't see anybody pull into the gas station in the time I was there. Um, the only moving vehicle is there is the Imperial airships that fly over, and they're basically trying to track you down. And if they spot you, uh, they drop off Imperial troops that are these like mechanical robot guys. And when you hit them, their body parts fly off, arms and legs and heads get decapitated. One of them's got wow, one of them's graphic. got this really. Uh, see, when you say graphic, I do wonder about that actually because, it, <laughs> you know, the first trailers of this of this game when it was versus depicted a bit more blood and stuff like that, and I do sort of yeah. wonder if these guys have been made robotic in order to make it a little bit less violent. Um, but yeah, because they look like people. Um, but they have kind of slightly stilted mechanical movements, and one of them's got a really, um, really brutal move where when they're about to die, they rip their own heart out and try and try and <laughs> and, and try and and try and attach. It's like a mechanical heart, and they try and attach it to your chest. And if they attach it to your chest, it then explodes like a bomb. Um, oh, and at the, like the, sorry, go on. Yeah. Oh, I was just thinking like the first thing that popped in my head is like the start of Lost Odyssey or something when you fight a bunch of those. Types oh yeah, of... yeah like enemies and stuff like that so, but like there, so it was literally like a grenade and you could like have you did you actually get caught well, I, up in I that did because at, at the very end of the demo i mean well, i suppose this is a natural segue to talk about combat a little bit at the very end of the demo um i did die um because the combat's quite it, it, was, it was a fitting end because i you know the guy was sitting next to me saying you've got two minutes um basically <laughs> he was like so he's like try and try and win this fight um and I died, so it was a fitting end, um, really. Because, <laughs> but what happened was I really got overwhelmed because it was night time, um, and when they say um, it can get more dangerous at night time, they're really not kidding. Because um, what happened to me was the Imperial ships fly over, and yeah, I was explaining that a little bit earlier. I don't think I mentioned the Imperial ships fly over, and the mechanical soldiers jump out um, if they spot you. But you can do things like um, you know how you. Uh, they've got like a cover mechanic like if you get close to a wall you can press uh, L1 or left bumper to to get up against it if you go into hiding like that when they're flying over they won't drop down 
if you just remain in the open, they will. And for me, in the demo, they... I'm going to say there were... In the hour that I played, troops were dropped off at least six or seven times. So it's quite frequent. Oh, um, It's But it's more frequent... It felt like it was more frequent at night than during the day, perhaps. But um, anyway, so what happened was I was fighting one of the... Um, one of the one of the biggest gorillas, the big mammoth guys. Um, there were also some saber t- tusks in the mix. Then a goblin showed up that was just kind of on the outskirts of where we were fighting, and he got and he got drawn in and aggroed into the fight. So then it's basically there's there's a lot of enemies in that fight. The big gorilla is powerful enough that if it actually lands a hit on one of its big hits on you, it's taken off a third of your health. Um, and then. Basically, my mission was I was trying to kill that big guru. That was, that's what I'd set for myself. But everything else was distracting from it. And then a ship would fly over, drop off Imperial troops. I would kill the Imperial troops, then it, it turn my attention back to the guru, and then a minute later, more Imperial troops would be dropped off. And eventually, it just oh got the better of me. And it, one of those guys actually finished me off with that ripping the heart out move at the very end. Um, <laughs> which... Jeez. That feels like a good place to talk about this whole dying mechanic. Yeah. yeah. How how yeah. exactly does the that companies? work? Because yeah. they've they've kind of explained it, but not really. And I know a lot of people online have sort of complained that, oh no, this makes the game too easy. You can't really die. But that's that obviously okay. seems like it's not the case. Here's the here's the the. the the interesting thing about it. Basically, zero HP is not death. Zero HP puts you into an extremely vulnerable state. And what happens then is, say you've got 1,500 HP. While you're on zero, every, I don't know, I don't know the exact increment, but let's say it's every two seconds, 100 ticks off that HP. And when that 100 ticks off, you can't regain it until you camp or do whatever else you have to do um, to, to... uh, do whatever else you have to do to to, to reset to reset the situation because I'm sure there's other ways other than camping in the game, staying in, whatever. So what happens is once your HP hits zero, you basically get a second lot of 1,500 if that's your HP. But you flash red. Um, you don't flash red. There's an effect, I suppose. Um, and you can't... Uh, that's ticking down constantly. So you're a ticking time bomb, and if you get hit, that makes it deplete even faster. So your best bet in that situation then is to back off, open up your menu, and use a potion on yourself, which will then restore you to positive health. Because essentially what you're doing is going into minus health. Now my point is, if say you, again, to use the example of 1,500 HP, say you... Um, Say you get hit two or three times, and when you recover, you've lost 300 of it. When you use that potion, your max uh, healing, your max HP now, until the next time you camp, will be 1,300 instead of 1,500. So, yes. so... And does this... Is there any kind of, like, effect on the screen to make it look like you're Yeah, it makes, it makes it abundantly this? clear. It's really clear. Um... And the same, oh. the same applies to your allies as well. The same thing happens to them. Um, so, yeah, it's like, you know, it's this thing of when your HP gets depleted to zero, you want to back off and heal yourself quickly because if you don't heal yourself quickly, when you get back into the fight, you 
will be coming back into the fight with less health um, than your maximum. And then the flip side is, though, if you are too hasty, as I was a couple of times, and you open and try and pop a potion off real quick before a guy attacks you again, if he hits you, he'll knock you out of the animation, the potion won't won't go, and then you've obviously lost that health. Um, you lost the potion too? I don't know. Um, it, it seemed to be quite generous, I will say, because I think the demo started me off with 13, 14 potions, but fights were pretty consistently giving me them as well. Um, or I don't know. I don't know if that was coming as loot off the fight, or if this was, or if they'd deliberately turned it on so it kept giving me potions in the background, so we didn't feel stupid. Because <laughs> you, um, you never know with, with with press builds. But um, yeah. But yeah, um, that mechanic, that death mechanic, I like. The other thing that's quite um, brutal and nasty is the um, the way MP works, which is interesting because mm. because magic isn't that big a a part of this demo i mean as far as magic goes you've got the attack that's on cross i should note it's been reversed um final fantasy 7 style so um in japan cross is jump and circle is the warp attack the magic ability uh, in the west x is the cross is the magic ability and circle is jump um but yeah that uses mp um on triangle is the equivalent of, if we're talking in Dynasty Warriors terms, a heavy attack. But the difference with the heavy attack is it um, it latches onto um, it's attached to one of the weapons you have equipped. So the weapons, for instance, there's a Zweihander, which is a huge uh, two-handed big sword, you know. The sword basically shown off in a lot of like promo images and stuff like it's that. It's a massive right? two-handed sword. It's like a ridiculous, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of a Final Fantasy character that uses a two-handed sword, and I can't think of one, which is terrible. What's the sword? It's not. Too, is it a two? Yeah, I suppose it is. He uses it one-handed a lot, though, in the stupid anime movie. Um, but yes, <laughs> you, yeah, basically, it's like the Buster Sword, um, and that has Tempest, which is like a big circular attack. So when you hit it not just spins in a in a in a circle and the sword makes a big broad circular stroke that attacks enemies all around um and it drops their defense for subsequent attacks as well but that costs mp when you use it that heavy attack if you have say a lance equipped that has a far more traditional final fantasy ability a dragoon jump um so you knock just jumps up in the air disappears off the screen for a minute and then slams back down um that does damage, nice. um, but also it has like an MP recovery effect on it. But again, that costs MP as well. Um, there's another lance which has like a, a big long thrust on on the triangle button. Um, one of the swords has a, a drain, which when you hit it just recovers some health back. Um, kind of yeah. So all of those are on triangle, and all of those take MP, and the way you switch between them is you use the left and right on the D-pad to kind of flick between them on the fly. I pretty much always had it on the Tempest, the circular Zweihander move, because that was really useful if you got surrounded. Like, I know some people saw the trailer where there was where there were loads of goblins all on the screen in the dungeon, and we were saying right. that, doesn't, that doesn't look fun, but I've yeah. got to be honest, if you had that Tempest move on, you could just hit them all at once. <laughs> and, and that's 
but that's one of those things that those moves obviously fill different roles and for the way that i play tempest was just useful because that meant if i saw somebody coming up behind me i could just hit triangle and at the cost of like 45 mp i could get them off me now the flip side is you only have like 150 odd mp or thereabouts so those moves are all quite expensive and then sorry go ahead Oh, no, uh, you're probably going to answer this anyways. Uh, go ahead, actually, yeah. Um, well, then there's the, 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 the... So that's two of the ways you can use MP. And the, the third, this is a really roundabout way of getting to the thing I was saying, but it's important to understand how the MP works, is dodging. So the way that works is you can, as long as you... Dodging is accomplished by holding down L. There's no timing-based element to it whatsoever. However, attacking does take... Um, priority over dodging so that means if you're holding l1 and you press triangle noxus will attack and if you get hit during that attack you are not going to dodge even if you're holding l so it's kind of this thing of uh, blocking is a two-step process you want to be holding l1 and you want to not be attacking um in that instance then what happens is it doesn't drain mp as long as you're holding l but as soon as as soon as Noctis actually performs a dodge, a little bit of MP is taken away. Now here's the weird thing, and it comes back to the health question, and it, and this is something that I find quite interesting. Zero MP is not the limit. You can go to minus MP in this game. What? Yeah, and it's complicated. and what happens when you go to minus MP is I forget what it's called. I feel like it might be called stasis. Noctis go, he goes into stasis or something like that. And what that essentially means is all your MP abilities are locked, which also means you can't dodge and you can't block until that MP is recovered. Um, MP recovers naturally, even during battle. It, it, it replenishes slowly. Oh, okay. um, and there, will, there aren't in the demo, I don't believe, but there will also, I was told, be kind of ether or tinctures, or however you want to say them, depending on your Final Fantasy game of choice, uh, to recover as well. Um, that's that's what I was going to ask, is that if there's recovery, like how fast is that? Because it seems like if you're constantly dealing with MP depletion over and over again, it seems like it could get a little frustrating having to put up with that while trying to like keep a Well, it sounds going. like they really want you to manage yourself. Like They don't want people mm. to just sort of mash buttons. You actually have to think about your strategy and what you're going to do. Seems like more than probably the other games in the series is more about that management. Yeah, um, I mean. Yeah, I mean, you say that, but then, <laughs> I mean, you really have to already do that in the MMO Final Fantasies. So I guess they're sort true. of taking. I just that. mean like the whole like. Yeah, I mean like the whole like negative going negative MP and stuff like that. Like it seems like it was, when you hit zero, obviously that's it. You're like, okay, you have to pop up an ether or something like that well i can i can understand why they've done this because i guess they're the thing that they kind of see with i guess the the whole open world game design thing is what can we do in the game to make things a little more dangerous and um adding something like that i think is definitely going to make people think twice about what they're doing yeah i mean i mean basically because because i think i went into it you know my uh, distaste for Kingdom Hearts combat is well documented um, and I went into it kind of concerned that uh, it would be just holding square and watching Noctis attack 
Um, but actually, you have to think a lot. And I actually entered it with that kind of attitude and very quickly nearly got my ass kicked several times, um, <laughs> which kind of led to me saying, OK, I need to evaluate this and, 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 and tackle it in a slightly different way. And that's when you start to learn the rhythm of the game, which is really about attack, dodge, and then counterattack. Because like a lot of games, um, there's a heavily telegraphed that e each enemy has one, there may be more, heavily telegraphed moves um, that they free like swords appear above their head. And when they're doing that, it means if you want it, it's a warning that a big attack is coming and you want to get out of the way. But two, that means if you actually dodge it using the dodge ability by just standing in front of them basically and holding L, you'll get a window to press square and do a counterattack. And time kind of slows down for that window. And that window seems to vary from enemy to enemy. So for the easier enemies, it's a big, long window. For the... Uh, for the harder enemies, it's a really, really short, like, you need fast reflexes to get it. And that is where those um, combination attacks come in. So basically, when you trigger one of those co uh, counterattacks successfully, if one of the other cast members is near you, like the guy with the gun, he will join in and shout something and, 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 and team up with you and do a big attack that does a lot of damage. So, speaking of which, I mean, how good is the party AI with dealing with situations where, like, oh, uh, I, I'm not sure, maybe Aaron can answer this for me, like, I'm not sure if you can actually set, like, their strategies. Eventually, you can strategize. Oh, eventually exactly. like, in the full game, you will be able to, but I don't think that's available in the demo. It's pretty threadbare yeah, for that stuff. There is nothing like that. And the, the, the AI was, like, it was competent enough, but... I've got to be honest, I didn't really notice it that much, which is kind of, That's well, a it's, thing, a, it's a compliment in a sense, but in another sense, it was like, aside from the story things that they were chiming in, and whenever you did get off a combination attack, which is all on you and not on them, like, if you land oh. one of those counter-attacks, I think it just drags in whichever one of them is closest to you on a context-sensitive basis, so they're not doing anything to, 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 to assist in making it happen. Um... It sounds like 12 a little bit, too, with that, because they have to be close by to you to pull off. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, it, it was fine. Like, there's not, there's not really anything to say about that. Like, what I took away from the combat was more that the core combat of, Noct of, of playing as Noctis was quite satisfying. I think my takeaway from it, though, is that it's not the sort of combat that can support a 40-hour game or more. And the big thing, the big question that they have to answer now is how systems like proper magic, because that isn't available, stuff like fire spells, ice spells. Um, you do get a little glimpse of some of that. Like one of the guys has a stop spell. So you sometimes see one of your allies cast stop on an enemy, which kind of turns them purple. Um, <laughs> so you get a glimpse of magic there, but there's nothing for Noctis to use. Uh it sounds like they've, they've always said that they're still working on that stuff, too. Yeah. Well, they showed it. They actually did show it in that uh, tech demo last tech, year, yeah. but they said that they weren't putting it in the demo because it is, quote-unquote, not up to their visual standards or whatever. Well, so technically they're still working <laughs> on it, then. They don't know. I, honestly, I just think they ran out of time, to be honest. Oh. Too. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 difficult to know. But anyway, that you know, my, my takeaway is simply that um, uh, one hopes that uh, that they 
nail that that they that they nail that down because I think the the foundation of what they've got is actually really satisfying and feels really good. Um, it's just a matter of, but I wouldn't want to play it for forty hours. No more than that I'd want to play Dynasty Warriors for forty hours. And it don't get me wrong, it's got a lot more finesse to it and a lot more depth to it than those games. Um, but there's only, you can only hold triangle and, and dodge and block for so so many times, especially when, you know, at least in the enemies that I saw, it is kind of that thing where all the enemies have their signature move that can be counterattacked, and nothing else can be counterattacked in that way. You just have to dodge it normally and then just attack back normally and all that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the big takeaway really is just, yeah, I liked I, I liked the combat. Um which I was not expecting to necessarily come away from this and say. Um, it's it's interesting, and it's actually quite challenging and quite stressful. And like I say, I was having a lot of fun towards the end where I was really being overwhelmed by those airships dropping off more of those soldiers, and I was still trying to kill that mammoth. Like, it felt good. Um, th- th- there's some weird emissions, like L2 and R2 aren't used at all. And it feels really weird because the triggers are such commonly used buttons. I mean, they, they're, they you know, if I'm playing, uh, I know they're Western RPGs, but if I'm playing Mass Effect or Skyrim, um, leave alone something like Call of Duty, the triggers are my most used buttons because that's where all my attacks are. But the triggers aren't... I guess if you have, like, a gun or something like that, if you, if Nox pulls out a gun like the other party member does. Yeah, but the triggers aren't used at all. So, well, it's not just that. It's things like, you know, that could have been used for something else, I suppose. Um, but that stuff isn't there. Um, like, one wonders why the ability that's on triangle, the, the, the heavy attacks that consume MP... Because right now, you can only have one of those equipped at any given time, but you can obviously switch between them by pressing left and right on the D-pad. One wonders why you couldn't have three of them equipped, one on triangle, one on L, one on R. Triggers. I can imagine it's like you're holding the controller and you might accidentally hit it, and then you deplete that. Yeah, but maybe maybe that's where magic is going to end up. I don't know. I mean, this is just a demo after all. Um, And the the other combat thing that I wanted to mention is... um, weapons so Aaron you tell me have they spoken much about that weapon menu and what it actually does they haven't really talked about it too much um you could definitely see though that there was some sort of weapon leveling system but outside of that they didn't really explain it too much so you don't really know how that works no okay so that was actually I think one of the most interesting things to me so the way that it works is when you hold when you press square or x noctis will do his basic attack whatever that's been set to be how that works beyond that then which i find fascinating and it could be really interesting depending on how many weapons there are in the game um is a string so if you hold triangle then uh, noctis will do attack one attack two attack three attack four so in the default um, layout. I'm pretty sure the default layout that, that, that is kind of set up that everybody will see um, once they uh, log into the game um, so to speak is that they'll, they'll see one second and I'll find what I think is the order in my notes. Yeah, it would be the Avenger, which is a basic sword then the Blood Sword, which is 
I think, a slightly longer basic sword. Or maybe it's more of a dagger, I forget. Then the partisan, which is like a lance. Um, then the uh, another lance, which is more like a dragoon lance, so a really big one. And then the Zweihander. So that means if you attack, those weapons will come out in that order. One, Avenger, blood sword, lance, bigger lance, two-handed sword. Oh, the, the, I remember reading about this, like in the FAQ that Aaron site posted in Vokstalis. It was like that that automatic weapon changes in this demo, but in the final game, it's going to be more advanced than that, so you can actually play. Well, around see, with I it. don't know how they're going to change that or what they mean by that, or if they're just saying that to calm people down. Because so, because is maybe. this thing? This is a Phantom Sword you're talking about, right? Um, the basic attack is you referring to, I assume. Not the crazy ability where things fly around him because I didn't have access to that. Okay, okay, yeah. So the so for the basic attack, they let you um, set so, up yeah. different weapons. Basically, what that means is you can change the order of those weapons. So if you want to open with the Zweihander, the big two-handed weapon, as your first attack every time you hit triangle, you can move that to the top of the priority list. But the difference then will be obviously that your first attack is really slow to wind up, and but it will have much bigger range than if you have the Avenger, the basic sword, as your first attack. So you can actually order those in whatever order you fancy. And, and, and you know, what Square Enix PR kind of encouraged me to do after I'd got used to how the weapons felt um, with the default setup, they said, just mess it up. So I put it in the most stupid... <laughs> So I put it in the most stupid order I could I could think of um, to fit, to see how it felt, and it makes combat feel significantly different because obviously that you know the the way it's set up by default basically means that the attacks go short range fast, short range a little bit slower, mid range, long range, and then a huge big heavy attack to finish off. But what if you make that long range, mid range, short range, huge big attack to finish it off instead? It changes the tempo of how Noctis attacks when you hold down square, um, which is pretty. It, which is pretty interesting. It's very basic menuing, um, but yeah, shifting the weapons about and, and reordering them was really cool. I think the question, and I, 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 I'm not 100% certain on this, but I got the impression that maybe there will only be sort of five slots in the final game for that. So maybe, you know, because the slots are given names. I forget what they're called now, but, it, you know, it's like your first attack is your, I don't know, let's say Ravage attack. Um, and the fifth one is the Bleed attack. So you can say, oh, I want the Bleed to be this particular sword, essentially. Um, so does the order make a difference, like, about the man, your damage output? Like, does it consistently get higher and higher, well, or is it just pretty much like... Well, there's Y-Hander... Like? obviously is going to do more damage than the Avenger. But oh, okay. the, the Zweihander, the big two-handed sword, is obviously going to be much slower. But what that means in theory is that in the final game, if you wanted to have Noctis play more like a heavy brawler, you could give him, if there are enough weapons in the game, you could give him an outfit on the weapon list that was just all different heavy weapons. So he would move slowly and attack slowly, but have a really high damage output. But similarly, you could do the opposite and equip him with all light-handed weapons. 
So I, I don't know if you got this from the demo, but is there any opportunity to set like macros or something where it's like you can easily switch between these different combinations? So you no. can, if you come across one enemy or come across another. No, I mean, you, at least in the demo, that would be very useful, I think. But at least in the demo, you, you hit the, the touchpad on the PS4 and that brings up the menu. And in there, you have item and weapon options. And if you head to the weapon option... That pauses combat, for the record. But if you head to the weapon option, you can reorder them as you like. And you can reorder them midway through a combat encounter as well, if you want. Oh, okay. Maybe in the final game, probably sounds like... Oh, hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of hoping that things will be, you know, a bit more fleshed out in the final game coming out of this demo. But I don't want people to get the impression that I wasn't impressed by it, because I certainly was. Um yeah, it seems like they're always... And I, re- I really, I really like the idea of that weapon switching thing, because like I say, it changes the... Um, you know, to, to, I hate to use this example again, but it comes back to if we're talking about character action games, you know, for all that, you know, people like to prod and mock them, how differently a lot of different um, Dynasty Warriors characters play. And it's a lot. You can equip Yeah, and it's a lot too. like that where if you just equip different. I think if you just change the order in which the weapons come out in the chain. Noctis can play like a completely different character. And in the final game, because in the demo, you're limited. Well, there may be some side quest that unlocks another one or two, but as far as I saw, I only saw five different weapons in the in the in the demo. Um, so you and you've only and you've got five slots. So in the demo, you're limited to ordering those five weapons into whatever order suits you. But in the final version, you know, I would hope, like I say, you would be able to equip five big weapons if you wanted, or five short range fast weapons if you wanted. So I also want to ask is that, uh, not to keep pounding away on this, is that does, obviously it's it's cool to see that they're changing, like, people for, tailored to different people's play styles. It's that, like, does that make a, a big difference, though? Um, like, does being able to equip these small weapons, is like, is it that much noticeable in, in the midst of combat? Well, it, like I say, it changes the pace. If you imagine the wind-up there is on a big, heavy-handed sword attack versus how quickly you can attack with a dagger. You know, um, it's like if you remove the magic abilities and stuff from Dissidia, for instance, and then looked at the difference in how Cloud plays versus how Zidane plays. You know, you, you would notice the one, you know, is, is much quicker. And I think, you know, it, this is just me kind of speculating based on what I've seen already. But I think there's a there's a great deal of potential in that system for that. And also, don't forget, the weapons are directly tied to the triangle button abilities so that means you know i was talking about the big tempest technique where noctis spins in a circle with the big sword earlier and how that was very important to me when i was playing i really enjoyed that one the the thing about that is uh, if i was to unequip tempest because i didn't like having it if i was if I, sorry rephrase if i was to unequip the zweihander the big two-handed sword because i didn't like having it in my attack chain i would instantly also lose access to tempest so that's a consideration as well. So I think in the final game, that could be a really interesting system because I think if there's one thing that's perhaps lacking in the demo, it is RPG systems, which is very pertinent to us on this podcast. Yeah. Um, but that was the one that struck me as, oh, okay. The, you know, if, if anything could be this game's uh, materia system or junction system in terms of having a level of depth and allowing people to customize, the weapon stuff might end up being it, depending on how magic is implemented. Yeah, and you can see, like, with Aaron talking about, like, 
the possibility of a leveling system is like unlocking new combos, new ways to chain attacks together with these different weapons to make them look more flashy, things like that. That obviously we're talking hypotheticals, but that seems like a pretty interesting way to go about their combat system. A nice evolution from where things have been if they're going for more of an action RPG like approach to that. Yeah, I mean, Aaron, did that make, did that explanation make sense to you? And what do you think of that? I'm curious as somebody who's been following the game. Yeah, I think it made a lot of sense, actually. Uh, based on what they showed uh, in that broadcast not too long ago, it it seemed like the weapons were going to be really important in this game. I know in other Final Fantasies, they're definitely important, but as far as establishing, you know, the game's own personal sort of upgrade system, I think the weapons could definitely work to that. Well, when I when I walked away from that system, one of my primary thoughts was, oh, so that's what's special about Noctis, because everybody else has hit their own signature weapon that they're using that is a physical weapon. He's obviously summoning them out of thin air, but that's what makes him special, because he can chain from summoning a short sword into a broadsword into a lance, um, and you can adjust that chain. And I think that's potentially really interesting, and that's that's something that's got a lot of, um, you know, uh, especially in a game that, that, for lack of a better description, lacks buttons. You know, it's this thing of, it's this thing of like where I, you know I said about um, the triggers not being used, but I do wonder where they're going to put magic, because I do think the whole system of you can only have one heavy attack equipped at any time and you're switching between them with the d-pad is actually quite clunky i i like to think that like if i unequip all my weapons do i have more stamina to like run around and then i have this huge monopole where i can cast all these magic spells like the people that don't want to be all close range attacking all the time it sounds like this game means that you're going to have to be up front uh, i mean up up close and personal with enemies to deal this damage i mean uh, they showed off like Noctis dodging away off in the distance and then coming back. Well, you can use the warp. You can more, use the but... warp, yeah. But I, I didn't yeah. actually see an option where I could unequip one of the weapons. But I'm annoyed at myself for not trying. Now you've asked that because, yeah, it might. I don't know if you're able to only have four, for instance, in the chain, or if you definitely have to have four. Or if you only you wanted one or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you only wanted one, but your options would be sorely limited. If you, that was the case, you can't be a monk and just start punching Definitely things not. or something. Um, <laughs> oh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was that weapon stuff. I like it's, you know, it's pretty cool. And that was, you know, my big takeaway from this is Square have blown it, out of, you know, have, have blown everything up already in, in the sense of they've shown so much of the demo. I find there isn't much point in me talking about the characters or the the area of Dusk. I will say, I felt like it was smaller than perhaps all the interviews and talking up had been suggesting it would be. Well, um, I actually thought the same thing when they showed the map for the first time. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's that's it. That I map, mean, that the, the that, way, like you said, the way that they talked about it, it was it made me imagine like this huge landscape that you could not possibly get through. And the way that they did talk about it before was, oh, yeah, it's going to take you like 30 minutes to walk across this place. But obviously that's not true. No, I'm, I'm pretty well, sure it's, I'm it's pretty like, sure you could start at one extreme corner of that world and of that of that of the of the demo area, to be absolutely clear, I'm not talking about the whole game. Well, but I'm pretty sure you could stand at one extreme corner 
And as long as you were clicking the stick to sprint, you could probably reach the other side within four or five minutes. Well, that's... They, well, it traps even shorter, to be honest. That's the thing. Well, they did say it was like, what, this demo was like a tenth of the size, and this actual game is like 10, or 10 times or 20 Who times knows the size what they the mean by that? Every, like, every time they bring point, up like yeah. percentages and numbers and fractions, I'm just like, yeah, okay. As I, as I, as I understand <laughs> it, the suggestion is this area is not the whole of the Duskay region. It's a it's a section of the Duskay region. And what's what's oh, been okay. what, what the explanation they've given, and who knows how true it is, is that the demo area is the get the final game will be something like 20 times larger than that the dusk yeah. area the, which not all of it is in the demo the final game will be sometime some somewhere in the region of 10 times bigger than that so which would suggest that the demo is half of dusk i suppose um oh. and it's a decent it's a decent enough size there's a lot of stuff there um i think the screenshots have been criticized a lot because a lot of people have looked at it and gone it's quite flat and there's not much going on and it is quite flat and there is, and there is, a, there is, a, there is a, a, a large amount of distance um, between things. But they seem to have padded it out quite well with um, enemies to fight and little bits of loot to find and all that kind of stuff. It, it never really felt, uh, it never felt as barren as the screenshots have sometimes made it look. It actually felt quite the opposite, it's, it's, actually. It's a, it's the kind of thing where you think it's probably having more to do with the demo because there's earlier shots of that game. Well, I should say like last year. It was a lot more rocky terrain mm-hmm. and like mountains yeah. and things like that. You can think like maybe they're not putting that in the demo because they don't want people like breaking it, like just hopping on these mountains and then falling through the world if they hit like a certain vertex at the right point or something. So the more it's more flat because it's less risk risky to show that stuff off. Maybe um, I'm only of course just throwing that out there. Well, but... I think the the mountain stuff is really just going to be zone dividers. Um, I mean, that's that's Maybe. how they've always been in Final Fantasy. I don't think you're really going to be going on top of these mountains. Oh, that'd be pretty cool, though. I, I, I doubt it will be Skyrim trekking up mountains. <laughs> you can't just keep hopping and hopping and eventually get you over mentioned it. performance. <laughs> I, you mentioned performance there. I can talk about that a little bit. Um, it performed... Uh, really well it held up really well um i felt i felt i felt like the frame rate was was pretty solid you know hiccups here and there um i said to aaron um on im uh, i think yesterday after i got back the frame rate was good uh, but if something happened in battle where there was just a lot going on there was a lot of enemies on screen and some big attack that happened to cause a lot of particle effects happened when that frame rate went it tanked it completely chugged for like half a second and then immediately shot back up. Um, <laughs> so it's like the performance is really solid and when it goes bad, it goes real bad and then it immediately gets better again. Um, I did have a issue, um, to be honest, the skybox broke um, and there was some there was oh, yeah, some weird know. there was some weird shit going on where like I had a, a nighttime sky in the day and everything looked really fucked up. And we had to, and we had and, <laughs> and, and, we, and we had to restart the game, um, but you know it's not uh, it's not done. And this was also no, it's like eighteen months. Well, or yeah, more and, 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 the, and out, even yeah. the final demo might not be like that. Cause like I said, this was running on a dev kit, even though we're only like two weeks out. You know, you, you can you never can tell. Did they tell you how old that actual demo was? Like, was it like from yesterday or something, or was it like? They they, they didn't say, but I think. Uh, I think that one's been in the office since at least they did the stream with Dan and, and that the other week. Um, 
and oh. I, I've got to be honest with 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 how long it takes for stuff to go gold through it and go through certification at Microsoft and Sony, it has to have been done for at least a week or two now. So I should imagine that was final. I should think, like uh, if I had to guess, the only reason we we're probably playing it on DevKit is because it hasn't fin- it hasn't quite gone through cert yet. Um, but that's just a guess. That's just me basing that on my knowledge of how the systems work in the background there. Um, but performance-wise, it was good, and it is really, 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 really good looking. Um, like the, I, I, the thing that strikes me is I, I may not be a fan of Nomura's boy band stuff, <laughs> but um, but the the world design is really, really excellent, um, and Erin knows full well, and many other people who probably will listen know that I have not always had the, the the nicest things to say about them using realistic designs for cars and things like that leave alone the the, the clothes that exist in real life um but uh, it fits it looks good I'm not a big fan of the character design still but um the world itself is is really very impressive um and the thing about it that is the trailers have kind of failed to get across but when when i did when I did trek up to the um, to the gas station and uh, and 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 see the car and see all cars parked around and there's like a over at the Chocobo Ranch there's like a, a a yellow jeep sort of thing there uh, like a rustic like 60s sort of looking design and it looks great like it looked like artistically really cool looking um, so yeah it's 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 a it's a good looking game and. It's a, this is a big wide open area, so one hopes this performance is going to stand up. But what I will say is, if in this wide open area where there's not necessarily a ton of density nearby all the time, there were there were chugs happening in the frame rate, even at night when stuff's dark and it's and it's even harder for there's probably less stuff to draw in. It was happening. I wonder how an intense combat combat situation in say a set a city that's dense would look, yeah. or all that crazy shit. From that E3, yeah, that's actually trailer. one of the things that I've been wanting them to show again is the like the city stuff because they've. I know they're trying to focus on the demo, but at this point, I feel like they've shown almost too much. No, I absolutely agree. I think one of the things I said afterwards um, was that uh, I feel like they've almost ruined the surprise because I think if they just released this with people knowing a lot less not necessarily knowing knowing nothing but if we but if people knew if people knew if people hadn't been completely saturated in every last detail um and been shown quite literally hours of footage of the game i think people would have been you know absolutely blown away uh when they log in and and the first moment you step out of the tent and see the area for instance and the music swells up um it would be quite a moment but everybody's seen it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like they, weird, they've like, already put it in one like of their that, trailers, yeah. so... It's very, it's very Square Enix, though. It's kind of like they they got attacked for being too closed, and they've swung back so hard in the opposite direction, they've almost missed the point. Right, um, exactly, exactly. That's... Oh. <laughs> I saw somebody, like, after they did that broadcast for the demo... Uh, somebody that we know said something like, you know, I thought that demos, the point of demos were supposed to be that, you know, fans were supposed to get a hold of them and discover them for themselves, not being, you know, told what to do in a 
in a scripted broadcast or whatever. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate because this is a it's a really really good demo and it's really good. I don't understand they've kept story stuff secret, but I think I think actually yeah. um, the the thing that's going to be the real discovery here um, is you know understanding how the combat works and, and and exploring that region and unfortunately a lot of that has been blown out um either in the case of the region to the point where it's quite hard to find a piece of it that we haven't seen in the broadcast to be honest um, i believe the only thing aside from like the story stuff that they have deliberately kept secret is the summoning stuff yeah, um, and I, I didn't say that, to be clear, um, and I'm, I would be prevented from saying so on the embargo, even if I had, but I haven't. Um, but That's the thing, it's like, this is, at the same time, it's like, this is a demo, and this is like a drop in the bucket from what the main story is going to be, because that demo is not even going to be content related to the game, it's its own thing, and so you, you can imagine probably it's like, the discovery is going to be, well, you hope that when they're approaching the actual final game, it's like, are they going to do the same thing with the actual full game are they going to keep showing things and everything that all about the game beginning middle to end they've already put out like trailers for type zero which is full of spoilers and things like so, that it's like so i don't know how that's game? like People that somebody somebody is fucked up with that type zero stuff i don't know how uh, that has got past you know it's understandable that japan's going to put out trailers like that but that somebody in in na or eu actually sat there and subtitled those trailers and said yep put it out with a spoiler from 20 hours into the game. Flat, <laughs> My like favorite part face. about that whole thing was they even, on one of the North American broadcasts, they took that trailer and they broke it down for people. And I'm sitting there like, you oh. know, they're, like this is a scene from the end of the game. It's a huge spoiler. Plus, they spoiled the secret movie that's brand new to the HD version. So it's like... Oh <laughs> what are you guys God. doing? I, I don't understand that's... why they've done that. But alas, you know, like... Yeah, yeah this... It's this assumption that people, it's like, this is an old game. It's like, no one in the West has played it. But with the 15, you know, it's, it's once again, it's like, how are they going to approach the final game? Are they going to continue to pull out everything about it? Like, on the one hand, it's great that they're, as you said, that they're willing to be open. It's like, on the other, like you said, it's like, the, the great thing about R these RPGs, like, it's going to be 40 hours long, but are we going to get all the big moments of that RPG experience? Uh, I, by them I, I fully expect him. them to I fully Hold expect up. them to not reveal story stuff for the case of, of 15 because they believe that to be a really important part of Final Fantasy I just think one of the important things is that they don't show every damn location and every damn gameplay mechanic beforehand it, it's desperate yeah. please listen to us please it's, it's going to be good you know um screaming from the rooftops because you do need to because there isn't much in the demo that's just left for the user to discover that isn't just how the story beats of it play out which well, like, is like you can imagine like one of the moments like uh that people could have experienced for themselves is like not knowing that that gigantic monster in that video that they showed the early footage from last year for the first time when they showed like english dubbing and all that like not seeing that monster ever and then all of a sudden like people find it for themselves like hey did you see this this gigantic thing off in the distance that well, it's not even up, like, it's not even screen? that like i can understand them showing that monster it's sort of the attitude of then going oh, you'll be able to find it in the pain hey, you see that it's like this whole thing of, <laughs> it's this whole thing of why couldn't you just leave that or if that? People, you know why couldn't you just leave that or if the press asked about it go you might be able to who knows 
for that yeah. sense of for yeah, that I sense feel, of surprise. I, I definitely feel like once this demo comes out, they really need to take a step back and maybe give it some breathing room, let people digest the demo, you know, form their own opinions, and then once E3 rolls around, then they can get back on that train. Well, they're going to be... They, yeah, but you know, do you think that's too soon? They're going, to be, they're going to be looking for opinions. Like, I would not be surprised if somebody um, from the office is listening to this kind of... Because I'm sure there will be somebody corralling all the previews and uh, that come out of the event that I was at. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody is listening to this and kind of jotting down things because they are very serious about the feedback aspect from the from the demo and, and putting that into the game. As you once said, Aaron, it's... Feedback Fantasy 15. <laughs> it is um, Feedback Fantasy 15, which actually really scares me because there is that fine line all, of. It's a difficult line, but I think they're more what likely. What do you to... take? Like, what do you take yeah. and what do you leave? And when do you realize that you cannot satisfy everybody? Because you can't. There's always going to be people who hate one thing, but then people who love that thing. And then, you know, another thing people will love, and then you'll have people who hate it. You. You just can't do it. You can't satisfy everybody. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I, I think what's there in the demo is really exciting, but I do hope that they... Uh, I do think the demo is a lesson because I think that the reaction to the demo... I mean, when we're talking in the meta now, it hasn't even come out yet, but I think the reaction would probably yeah. have been... I think in a week's time, in a month's time, we'll be able to say the reaction probably would have been bigger had everybody been completely surprised um, by certain aspects of it. But a lot of it has been explained. Or in the case of things like that weapon system, you know, it's kind of been explained, but explained quite poorly and never properly translated and all this kind of weird stuff so that people kind of have an idea of what's going on, but not really. And that's not ideal, obviously. Um I don't know if the Japanese fans are just better informed, you know, but there you go. Well, I have to see. I mean, it seems like, obviously, from that demo experience, what the takeaway is that the combat's great. There seems to be plenty of stuff to do in that demo. Obviously, things aren't being explained that well, but part of it, maybe the point, is that they're still working mm-hmm. on it, so everything's still yeah. developing. They don't know what it's going to be. Everything could be completely different in a few months. Who knows? And so we'll have to probably wait and see how things grow and if they're going to do anything else before 15 comes out, whether it means another round of press demos and things like that seems to be obvious. But like what exactly does episode Duske's part of the overall experience going to be? Like is it going to direct everything? And we're talking about a game that's out maybe in, like I said, like in 18 months or maybe longer. Like how, how much of they put out there is set in stone and how much are they willing to change just based on fan reaction, which as Aaron said, not always a really good idea. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it, it'll be really interesting, but you know, the main message I want to get across fr- from this is that um, the combat feels pretty good and there's some really exciting concepts in there, but it isn't, there isn't enough breadth and depth in what is in the demo um, to, to, be enough for a full game to feed on but one hopes that with all these with with, with how much the words it's not in the demo but have left Tabata's mouth over the last six months that there is a hell of a lot that will uh, buoy that beyond that um, in the works for the final game but what's in the demo is good and is exciting so 
very hopeful for that. I mean, it's it sounds like at least I think every one of us is seems more optimistic. It feels mm. like than we used to be. Uh, it like certainly a year ago. turned me yes. around on it a lot. So I was quite a downer on that game. I was kind of in a mood of, well, fuck it. Oh, you know, Witcher Three is coming out. Mass Effect Four. It'll be it'll be on the like because <laughs> probably like if my if my reasoning and thinking is correct, I wouldn't be surprised if this game ends up launching very close to a new Mass Effect game because that's probably going to be announced at E3 and will probably be a 2016 game, at which point the question is, is 15 going to be an early 2015 game or a late 2015 <laughs> game? 2016, well, because if it's the latter, yeah. because if it's the latter, it will be, there's a strong chance it will be up against, say, Mass Effect um, or Fallout 4, which God fucking help them if that's the case. So, yeah, yeah um, I actually could. Yeah, or, I could see both. I could see it going up against both, actually, which would uh, would be pretty interesting. I I could. Well, let's not forget that level five is announcing a game at E3 as well, and they're. I mean, yeah, what, who knows what they're putting out? Because it's an open. They're talking about an open world game. CyberConnect is an open world game. It seems like you got all these things. Obviously, quite, Final they, Fantasy they, is way say, above that stuff. They're quite likely to be but... niche, whereas. Fallout yeah. is in the same sort of sales ballpark as as Final Fantasy, and Mass Effect has the ability to reach that potentially. I think, to be honest, I mean we're, we're meandering off topic here, but I think Mass Effect, I think EA would get out of the way of Fallout if they if if it push came to shove. Um, but um, I mean, they did go head to head with, they did intend to go head to head with Richard, but then Richard delayed anyway. So um, they do have the balls for it, but I think they get out of the way of Fallout, but. Yeah, I think Final Fantasy XV at the very least is probably going to roll into a lot of purchases just from people who are wanting it after all these years and willing to pay the money up front to finally see what this is all about and be upset later or whatever. Whenever I say this kind of thing, people pull a face at me and go, well, it's not the target audience. But the thing is, the the success that Square really wants is that Final Fantasy VII success again. And the thing that made Final Fantasy VII and A actually successful um was that they sold to random dude in a video game shop who had seen the commercial on tv with the cool cg and all that kind of stuff or had played seven that was the thing about that game it broke the mold because it was the first real japanese rpg to have that sort of success and if they want to break that mold again the rpg that those people are buying now is skyrim the rpg if, if there's a man it, if it's if your average Madden customer is buying an RPG, chances are they're buy- they're buying Skyrim, right? Or or Fallout. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, it's people talk when you talk about RPGs like, oh yeah, I played a lot of Skyrim. It's like, what you play video games? Yeah, Skyrim. Like, and and that's that that's the audience they want, and so that's why it's important to consider that. But you know, that's all. I'm trying to think if there's anything else about the demo specifically that I um that I can tell you guys that I'm thinking. Just racking my brain. There's fall damage. I, yeah, I, I tested that yeah. quite deliberately. It doesn't seem very uh, harsh, <laughs> but there is fall damage. Is there friendly fire? <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah. Kind of sucky. <laughs> you can't go into the water. Obviously, very deep. You can kind of only go up to your uh, to your calves, sort of thing. Is there like invisible walls? Yes, that you've noticed besides uh, that. Well, just around the water, and then when you go to the edge of the area, there's like a, a, a neon blue line that kind of hovers in the air. And when you get close to it, it says "to be continued" oh. in Final Fantasy 15. Oh, I just wonder what the end of the world will be when you actually play in that game. 
Oh, that's going to be probably just a bunch of mountains like Aaron. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they they keep touting out that open world line, but I think, quite honestly, it'll be like Dragon Age where you have the zones. They're just really big. Yeah, but I think they have said no load screens, and the way the demo loads seems to indicate that. So it, it may be zones, but but, but more zone. concentrically linked, you know, in a traditional way. Just oceans all around you, and then you hit the wall once again, just <laughs> before that happens. Yeah. Before you fly your airship into the water <laughs> or something like that. They're not going to have airships, though, so which is the biggest bummer. But yeah, I wonder what happens well, to that. that I, mean, I wonder so, what happens to that, because that was yeah, in the original. It's... You know, I remember Namora promising airships, and, and world maps, actually. But, but I mean, at, at this point, I think airships are probably off the table, just because... Unless you get up into those Imperial airships and then well, like, even, hijack even one of those. Even then, you know, they would, you know, they, they would have had to design things. Here's the thing, I could, I could see it working if it just works the same as the car, and it's only as big as the car, it's a small airship, because the car can go from one end of the world to the other so why couldn't you do that above um with obviously invisible walls preventing you from going too far off course or going above the mountains or whatever but um we'll have to see and as far as people complain about world map goes when you have one big world like that you don't need a world map because the world is one big linked world a world map existed to connect you know midgar to I, I think high. people have kind of skewed their their view of what a world map should be. Like um, originally, Versus was a map just like that, but then I think it was around 2010 they said, okay, we're going to change this game and it's going to be like Final Fantasy XII's map, which technically has a world map. You just look at the map, you don't actually travel yeah. on it. So it'll be similar to that, of course. But I mean. People, people like who think that there's going to be like this huge overworld, I think they might be a little disappointed. Yeah, certainly. Well, you know, alas, that can't be uh, like that, that can't be held too much. But yeah, I mean, unless Aaron, do you have any any burning questions from about how it plays or about anything I saw? Um. Well, you said you didn't really do any of the quests. So that and I'm not, actually... I'm not allowed to talk about it anyway. I, I can tell you that I saw some pop up. You know, there was a quest to do with chocobos, and there was a quest to do with doing something at the at the gas station. But I'm actually not allowed to talk about it in in any detail anyway. I can just say there is more than just the critical story quest, um, and there are quests that come up. Um, I think they might be based on the day or something like that. Um, mm. it's so not, kind of like. Quests that only quests. come up like during a certain time of day, or I think, I think yeah, I think I, I get the impression that might be how it is. They kind of just sort of dynamically pop up. Like I saw the Chocobo quest, I never went on it, but I saw a quest about Chocobos. Just uh, one of the party members, it must have been something contextual in the environment they'd seen, and they said something about it, and then it kind of popped up on the side saying this that, that there was a new quest available. But I never really went to engage it because I thought I'd save that for when I could sit down with it for hours and hours on end. Um, but they did pop up, um, but all that stuff did seem quite contextual based on perhaps the time of day, where you are, all that kind of stuff. Like the one, at, the quest that popped up at the gas station popped up when I walked up to the gas station. I didn't have to talk to anybody, it just sort of came up. Okay. So. Um, I mean, that's, no, go uh, ahead. 
I was just going to say, it sounds like if it's going to be dynamic, it doesn't sound like you can necessarily 100% this game then. If it's well, no, be I mean, it's, dynamic. you know, there's dynamic quest in Mass Effect like that, where you overhear things, oh. you can still, you know. Well, it doesn't sound like they're going to make it like, oh, you have to complete something within, like, this amount of time, like, um, like I guess, Lightning Return style, where you had no, no. to have done something yeah. within X amount of time, otherwise, that's it, you're done. Although when you camp, you lose Oof. unfinished side quests, and I'm not really clear about how that manifests, but it does say that on the camp screen before you. The never camp. Before you sleep <laughs> at night, it, it does straight up say like any well, unfinished quest. Well, if you don't be... camp, you actually get penalized after I think a few days. So. It's like fatigue, right? That's the problem. Right, like you, you get, get tired. You get tired. So that's a question. That's a question I didn't have the time to investigate and answer. But what I'm curious about is say that chocobo quest pops, and then you don't have time to finish it before it turns to night and nighttime is too difficult and you want to go and camp or your health's really low and you want to go and camp. If you then lose that quest, uh, will that quest pop another day or is that quest gone forever? So that's, that's a good question. Um, I, I mean, yeah. I guess the way that that the MMOs do it, to, to bring that up again is if you have to abandon a quest, they at least let you retake it, but it would be interesting I imagine it will be that way. to find out if you can yeah. do it again because if you can't, then... I can definitely see people getting kind of upset about that. I would, I would hope it's perpetual if it's dynamic. I'd hope it's perpetual because it's like, what stops you from doing this again? Just the same exact thing over again. It's not like a story quest or something. So Yeah. So, well, yeah, that's... Um, I mean, anything else? I, I can answer whatever. Um, uh, I guess... I what did you think about the the rest of the presentation as far as like the music and the way that was used music's really good um i quite like that the uh, when you, the red line comes up on the top of the screen and you're kind of about to enter an encounter the music that plays there isn't quite but is i think it must be deliberately evocative of the um kind of traditional um battle intro from final fantasy one through seven uh one through six and nine um so that's cool um i was quite surprised that the game dabbles in silence quite a lot like when you're just wandering around it is largely silent with the sounds of the wildlife and stuff um music is reserved for locations like when you like i said earlier when you get into proximity of the chocobo place the music fades up and he's playing the chocobo music or when you get into battles but when you're just kind of walking around it's 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 silent it's a more ambient world um which i praise them for because i think you know final fantasy is so obsessive about and has made so much money off its music you can imagine the temptation to go there must be a music track in the background at all times and that's <laughs> right right and that's how that's every actually... previous game like a lightning returns kind of suffered from that because you know they made like four cds worth of music for that game but then oh my they gosh. ended up reusing some tracks from the first two games because they had to fill that time like oh there cannot oh, be a time man. without music so that was actually kind of disappointing yeah they they do they do they sometimes they just do not play anything which i am a-okay with um yeah i don't think that's a problem at all i think it's it, it gives the music too. a little more impact that way. Yeah, certainly. Ambience. Nothing wrong with ambience. I mean, come on. It's an open world, you know. That's part of the whole <laughs> point of it, right? You need to experience the world. You, you can't experience it if you're always playing with background music. But, so. the, you know, the music's really nice. I think the menus, um, 
the menus are very functional, but I think they're a bit threadbare. Um, oh, probably by, by its very nature. But, yeah, I well, think they kind of yeah. just threw up something to say, okay, it's a menu. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like well, it. also, there's there's so much missing um, from the That's menus. Because um, like, the stuff's not finished, yeah. So, you know, one has to imagine. But that doesn't stop me from saying, you know, um, I, I, I can't... Uh, I, I did find myself looking at it and going, hmm, there is a quite cool of like pulsing effect when the menu's open. I really like that. At first, I couldn't tell if it was the projector on the cinema screen being weird, but no, it is the game. Um, <laughs> and it is, it looks cool. Um, I'm trying to think there's anything else. Presentation-wise, like... Were you able to, um, to go into any of the dungeons or any of those areas? Uh, kind of poked my head into one of the caves um, very, very briefly, but again, didn't have that much time. Um, but it was getting close to night, so I kind of retreated back as soon as I'd looked at it a little bit and, and because the goblins were coming out anyway, and that was what I wanted to see. Um, but that's a seamless transition. It just seems like any other thing, really, in the in the area. It's just that it's dark in there. Um I wonder if you're, what if you're like really deep in the dungeon? Like, what if you're, it's get dark and like, oh crap, I have to camp. Like, can I camp in here? Or there are, there are set camping places, and I don't think there's one inside Good. the dungeon. I was going to say, like, it's a labyrinth. It's like, how am I going to get out of here? And the camping tonight? zones have like invisible walls around them, so to speak. So they're actually marked as safe zones. So once you enter one, enemies can't follow you, the, the Empire troops can't get in, etc. <laughs> Is it is it generous with the camp zones? Did I you think notice that? I think there was like, three of them. I think they seem to be quite liberally spread out, but I would be surprised if they're that liberally spread out in the game because if they are, there's one like every four minutes. Uh, oh, oh that that's... would be kind of rough. If you're well, I mean, in the in the older place. games, you could kind of go wherever you wanted. So, but that's what I mean. I'd just be surprised if they were that close together in the final game because there were quite a few of them for such a for, for, for an area of that size that's all I mean yeah I can, like in the, in the full game it's like if they're going to be like wider spread out it's like I gotta hurry get over to this camp because I'm already I'm in negative health and I, I don't want to take any more hits because I ran out of potions or something like that I don't well that, really that you know that, that's precise that you know it will loops back around to combat a little bit but you know that's exactly the thing if you are at zero health and you've got no potions left, you are kind of fucked. What? Oh, like the dead zone, like absolute death. Like that's what happens. Like the no closest campsite or something like that, or the last campsite you were at. Reload your game, kind of thing. Yeah. That's pretty much it. But yeah, um, anything else? Um. Well, we talked about, I guess, everything that you really liked about the demo. Was there anything that you didn't like? Well, like I say, I mean, you know, the, the, I, to be honest, there wasn't anything that I, you know, my, my distaste for the character design disorder. <laughs> right, right. I know, but um, you usually yeah. have this maybe there, one one thing that you, that you didn't really well, enjoy. Well, it, it, it's, it's all the stuff that I've already noted, which is just like, you know, all the stuff that's missing. And the fact that I look at the combat and I say, yeah, this is fun, but this is not fun enough for me to play this for the length that I imagine a Final Fantasy game will have. And that's the stuff, those are my criticisms of what is there. The best way to put it is what is there didn't disappoint me at all, but it was what, it, it's what isn't there that, that does disappoint me. But it's hard to completely slag them off for it and say, this is a, you know, 
right? This, I mean, this isn't any ultimately, good. ultimately, you're playing a piece of the game. Yes. Uh, for because, a game that's not yeah. going to be out for over a year, so. Because they're saying, be you know, because they're saying all yeah. that stuff's going to be in. Like I say, I think the menus kind of look yeah. a bit crap, but they seem to feel a bit placeholdery. Um, but they're quite functional. Um, I think the party member AI could uh, definitely use some work, and I don't think they feel very effective or interesting. I there is one criticism actually, one gen, but again, all that stuff is allegedly going to be fixed and allegedly going to be much more in depth in the final game. So it's difficult to, when you're looking at a demo, say this sucks because you know I can't. <laughs> it can't be judgmental. Something you like this is going to be completely different in like a yeah, month. Yeah, exactly. It's it's hard for me to say it sucks that. Um, say there isn't more depth to um the weapons system in the combat which already which seems really intriguing because the promise is that it will be there um the one thing that i can criticize is even in an hour i heard the same voice clips in battle so <laughs> that was the oh, other thing i Xenoblade. wanted to ask you about what did you think about the voice acting because obviously you played it in uh... english and what we or uh... at least in my opinion from what we've seen it's it seems kind of like a mix extremely mixed bag it, it seems along the same lines as the acting in 13 basically <laughs> <laughs> you know well, this, as, you, as you know i green. i i know you have not strong like that dub. <laughs> not like that dub so from what i've heard so far at least of, of 15 i feel like once again they're they're just missing the mark which i it's like all these different anime actors coming to one place. Like, no, you're coming from well, like totally different genres I, all over the place. I can't is, tell. Like, they they try too hard to make the character sound like the Japanese version, when instead oh, they should be working to make sense. them sound more like a normal person. I think I think <laughs> I think you know my thing is I think the acting is fine. I actually quite like Noctis's uh, voice. Um, really. But, and and the <laughs> the. The long, the, the the kind of big tough dude who's got like a bit a gruff voice. I think he's quite good, um, because he always just seems quite deadpan and just not bothered about anything. Sounds like, but sounds like Lou Boo sometimes. But, but like, <laughs> but as you said, they they repeated it's, like it's, it's the repetition. It's 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 this thing that like um, the blonde guy with the guns. He's he's prompter, right? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. The the weakest in combat appeared to be. Um, Ignis, just purely based on the fact that repeatedly, many, many times in that hour, I heard Prompto scream, um, Ignis, hang on, bud, I'm coming for you, or whatever, because he'd gone <laughs> down and Prompto was going to, to heal him, or don't die on us, man, or whatever. And I did hear that a lot. How because because I think because I think it was I think it was <laughs> it's 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 authentic but overcooked let's put it that way but um I think you know I think um it's just that classic thing of if you're gonna have a lot of combat grunts um you, you and a lot of combat call outs specifically if you're gonna have prompto shout to Ignis when he goes down because you want to give the impression to the player that those two are close and, and Prompto cares about him, that's fine, but you probably need to have more than one clip because in the course of the game the player is going to hear the player, the prompt, Ignis is probably going to go down, you know several times, many times it's that classic Mass Effect um, uh, Mass Effect meme 
about Mass Effect 1 where, you know, um, there are two shouts that anybody who's played Mass Effect 1 <laughs> will always remember, which is the guy going, enemies everywhere! And the woman going, I will destroy you! Because... <laughs> It's all you heard because they only had those two sounds. Oh, because, man, no. because the enemies that. everywhere was Shepard, so he was always there. And if there were like more than six enemies, he would shout it. And sometimes he would shout it two or three times in a row in one combat encounter. And then the God. the I will destroy you was a female biotic, I think. Um, and you know, even Bioware are like. Bioware embraced that, and there were jokes about it in Mass Effect 2 and 3, where, like, Garrus shouts every enemies everywhere several times in a row, but it's deliberate, and things <laughs> like that. Um, because they, they recognised... And I think the enemies everywhere one was actually caused by a bug. But anyway, my point is, that stuff gets annoying. So I hope that in the final game, again, that they've recorded a few more options, and when, instead of when... Ignis goes down, Prompto shouts. Prompto shouts line. Prompto shouts line. You know, load line dot wav. Hopefully, it's like there are twenty line dot wavs, and it loads one of them <laughs> at random. It's because it's it's so kinetic. Like you can imagine, like it's going to be hearing a lot of talking because it's all these things are happening at once, over and over again. Like you you put a potion on them. But then he took a bunch of damage. Oh, not again. I heard it a lot. I heard that particular one. Yeah. I think that was it. I'll be able to tell you when I get the final demo for certain what the setup was. But I'm pretty sure it was Prompto because he's kind of the whiny sounding one. And whoever shouted it was quite whiny. And it yeah, was definitely... Yeah, and it was, yeah that's his voice. And it was definitely Ignis English going voice there. actor is really annoying. I don't know who it is, yeah. but the way, the so way that they're having him speak in the English version just isn't doing it for me. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you'd like to talk about the demo, Alex? No, unless there's any more questions, but I think we've covered it pretty thoroughly, to be honest. Yeah, seems yeah like I, I think... We've probably covered as much as the demo <laughs> right, was, exactly. really. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah <laughs> longer, in fact. This has been about yeah. 90 minutes of this, so... There's a lot to talk about, and I'm really excited to see people uh, play and experience it, and I do think... Um, yeah. It represents a, a really different and exciting and invigorating change for Final Fantasy as a series. Um, uh, it's just that matter of they really now have to just knuckle down and get uh, get it out as a real video game. And the key thing for that is it, it can't just be what's on display here. They definitely need to have more than this. But it's a fantastic basis to start with. Yeah, I think you've pretty much addressed all the concerns I had because I have the same feelings about like Kingdom Hearts and stuff like that that you do. So it's good to see that it's it's kind of turning around. Obviously, people are only going to get a taste because the demo itself is supposed to like four or six hours long or something like that. Mm -hmm. So you played 90 minutes of it, so it's wondering how much more of it it is. But you just said yourself, you didn't have you can't talk about the story stuff, and so it could be the biggest part of that whole demo. I would hope it is. All the way up until the end, when you fix your car and meet Sid. Sid <laughs> yeah, again. I mean that's, I guess that's, that's critical. I guess the real question at this point is, you know, <laughs> how know. how interesting will the story be? Will it be interesting enough to make me want to do the quest? And will the side quest be interesting enough to make me want to do the side quest? So that's definitely one of the challenges that I think they they need to show in the demo. 
is it enough to make you want to level your character to 99 like the demo lets huh. you? Huh. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure no. some of the crazy fans will definitely do that, but I mean, oh. we'll, we'll have to see cool. how long, <laughs> like Alex said, the battle system will kind of hold my attention, so. Yeah. If anybody see. can do it, you Whoa. can. You did 100% Final Fantasy XIII, <laughs> so. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Than I do. yeah, and... Jeez. Honestly, I don't even remember most of it, so I, <laughs> I guess that tells you a lot about that. Drug, drug adult highs. That's just, I don't remember any of that game, probably well, for the, the best. The main thing well, anyway, I remember uh, is yeah. I was doing the slot game and I couldn't win, so I oh, taped the button down and I took a sauce. nap. Oh, the main thing I remember is your really angry review of that uh, Heads or Tails DLC. Ugh. <sighs> It was so bad, so bad. Uh, it's fun. Of, who sees like what's wonder what kind of DLC they'll come up with this game as well? They did say that they're not really going to do that too much. I well, too, we'll but... see. I mean, there's anyway, there's a line between yeah. what they want to do and what you know marketing wants to do. So yeah, what what leads after yeah. that? Like, oh, we've seen this is pretty successful. Well, before going off in a tangent like that, we'll end it there. So. Yeah, that's obviously that's your guys' taste, the listeners out there, about what Final Fantasy XV episode Dusk, that's how it's pronounced, mm-hmm. is going to be. That game, when is it out again? It's March. Uh, March 20th. 17th? It's 17th in Europe. It's 20th here. Yeah, it's 20th and here in Europe. The 19th 20th. in Japan. So. 19th in Japan. We're going to first. Cause we're um, so well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll have. Um, as far as my conversation, uh, everything's subject to change, obviously, but as far as I've spoken to Square, I'm sure we'll have um, a copy ahead of time so we can investigate some of the stuff we didn't know, um, or not, if not ahead of time, on the day, um, so we can investigate, you know, uh, what's going on there uh, with anything we weren't sure about today. And, uh, again, we'll see what the rules are like, but we, I would quite like to stream it a little bit or for Aaron to stream it a little bit. Um and as far as Type Zero HD goes, um, we're we're working on reviews and stuff for that. We'll put it that way, um, so you can look forward to that. It's crazy, yeah. It's crazy to think that we're two weeks away from Type Zero HD, if it has to be like that, and then a, de- a demo for Final Fantasy 15. It seems like we've been waiting forever <laughs> for this, and so it's exciting. Um, obviously, for many different reasons, and so hopefully things kind of follow through and we are wonderfully surprised like Alex seemed to be from very, his experience. And so it's, it's been a very, very long time. I mean, we've done three versions of the so we've much done three versions of the site <laughs> so, since that game was announced. You know how long it takes us to iterate on the site. So, <laughs> well, I mean, it has been what nine, it's going to be nine years in May. We, we, so. When it comes to iterating on the site, we have a Square Enix Japan style work ethic of, Binning, it'll, binning, it'll be done when oh, it gets done. Yeah, <laughs> throwing... well, version 5 coming with Last yeah. Guardian. <laughs> so, so, so it's going to beat it to market. That's the craziest thing. All right, so well, before we go off too further, but once again, I'd like to thank Aaron Van Dyne and Alex Donaldson Very for welcome. joining us on this no special problem. edition of the TetraCast. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you both. It was. I hope that was very informative to the listeners out there. And so we hope to do more of these in the future. But for now forward to our coverage of Final Fantasy 15 and Type Zero in the coming days, the coming weeks, the coming months. Yeah. For I'm 15, sure we'll so. see it again at E3. Oh, I'm if not sure. Before. sure we will. Watch out for <laughs> if that not before, too, but so. honestly, hopefully not. 
Exactly yeah. not. Maybe yeah. E3 2016. Yeah. Well, once again, thanks all for joining us. Catch us next time on the Tetracast. Thank you.